0: Please listen carefully.
1: Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris.
0: Welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Noah. Noah, I want you to introduce today's guest. So today's guest is a, well, he's actually my brother's teacher who works at River Hills. This is Andrew. Hello. Thanks for uh, joining us, Andrew. So you, you you listen to the podcast. What do you? I have. I'm a
2: subscriber.
0: <laughs> so what do you like best about the podcast
2: so far? Um, I think, uh, just on a personal level, I know your family through Isaac, but I don't know you guys well. So it's very fun to hear the stories, the ins and outs. Uh, the episode that Isaac made a cameo was fun for me because we never hear him talk much louder than a whisper. But to hear him really speak up uh, was, was very fun for me to hear. And just the stories uh, from home are great. Um, but then, as a teacher and uh, someone who works with a lot of students uh, with autism, I think you guys are doing great work. I think uh, everything's been very listable, listenable and very interesting to listen to. I think lots of uh, interesting and great advice. Overall, just great stories. I think you guys are great storytellers. That's what really endears me to the podcast and makes it very interesting for me and what I think that other people would appreciate about it also.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, okay, let's just dive in. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about
2: You and what you do. Sure. Uh, So, I am a special education teacher at River Hills School. I've been working there. I think this is my eighth year, but I've kind of lost count. Uh, The first half of my time at River Hills was spent as a paraeducator or an educational assistant. I decided that I thoroughly enjoyed this job and I wanted to make it into a career. So, I went back and I took night classes, and I am now a fully licensed teacher with my own classroom at River Hills. And I have, Isaac was actually in my first class as a paraeducator, so my very first year at River Hills, he was one of the first students I met, and he was also in my first class as a teacher, so obviously, Isaac holds a dear place in my heart.
0: Yes, and was that Lori's classroom? He was. Okay. Yeah, Lori and Isaac got along great.
2: They did, for sure.
0: <laughs> so, what got you really interested in taking the lead to go to my class and become a teacher? Was there... What was it about, the experience, that, that you were excited about that?
2: I think I just felt like I had a knack for it. Uh, coming to work was never difficult. It wasn't hard for me to wake up in the morning and think, oh boy, another day. I enjoyed every day of work. What really got me, it's, it's kind of a long history of me getting to this point. When I was in college, I worked at a group home for uh, kids with special needs, and then I, after college, I moved to Chicago to be a cool rock star and struggled to find employment, but had a friend who worked at a school very similar to River Hills called Ewan Christian School. I got a job as an educational assistant there. And my wife and I decided we wanted to raise kids. So we moved back to my hometown of Applington. And shortly thereafter, I discovered River Hills School and said, that's where, that's where I want to be. So I got a job there and then we started to, uh, we had a kid and it was time to uh, step up and provide financially for my family and that really pushed me over the edge. I didn't want to look elsewhere for employment. It was going to be worth the extra work to go to night classes, to take the time to stay put and and earn a good living working at River Hills.
0: Nice. So what, what kind of music did you play?
2: We were in a punk band. Punk. My wife, my wife
0: is in the band as well. Yeah. So you play guitar? I know you play guitar. I do. Well, what was her role in the band? She played bass. Okay.
2: okay. Yep. So did you know each other
0: going into the band?
2: We did. Yep. Uh, yeah. So at the end of our time in college, we went both went to different colleges in Northwest Iowa, but kind of separately. We started dating with like a month left before we graduated. So we say we threw up a buzzer beater and. Uh, <laughs> shortly, we, we kind of both decided separately that we were going to move to Chicago, and it was a, okay, see you there situation, and we got engaged and married there, and formed <laughs> a band, and yeah. Cool. See, that's a f- fun story I didn't yeah. know about Andrew,
0: so that's great. Don't to throw out a question.
1: Can you, can you like, this is kind of a weird question to say, but can you describe like the type of students and like their skill
2: level that you get to work with in the classroom? Sure. Uh, at River Hills, uh, the students are, I looked this up, so I didn't, I didn't misspeak it. Uh, the the is from mild, moderate to severe and profound. All the students have some sort of uh, disability. Some students have physical disabilities. Everyone has some sort of intellectual disability. So each student comes with an IEP. The IEP is written before they become a River Hill student. They come in and we provide what's called specially designed instruction. So in a regular school setting, you're getting math, reading. Everything is very segmented and your, your day is very structured around educational activities. We still offer all of those same opportunities and we're teaching all of those same subjects and skills but we're specially designing it and specifically tailoring it to every single student, meeting them where they're at, and trying to teach them in the best way that we possibly can, given their abilities.
0: Okay. So one example that we could give uh, for the specialized teaching, we can use Isaac as an example. Yep, I think that's I think that's in bounds as yep. long as the parent is asking. Yeah, and that's okay with me. So. What, what were some of the goals that we set out for Isaac that he's achieved for, for math? And in particular, I know one was, was money. So maybe you could talk about that.
2: The students in my classroom are all high school students. And so because we're a school, we do need to work on, on skills. So the math skill that I feel is the most pertinent and useful to hone in on for high school students is money skills, whatever form that might take. So Isaac, if we go way back to when he was with Lori, one of the first, like, light bulb moments for us with Isaac was when we first met him, he just seemed like a mild-mannered, pretty easygoing kid, kind of flew under the radar. But one day we were sitting there counting and we practiced counting by fives every day. And we heard him kind of muttering to himself, and we realized that he was counting by fives. So, But just dropping the first consonants, we figured out that he was counting by fives. So we took that interest and that ability and then funneled it towards counting money because that's one of the first skills you can teach is counting coins. Mm-hmm. So we use what's called touch map where you put points, counting points on the coins. So a nickel has 1.5, a dime has two, five, 10. Uh, so we started working on just simple money concepts there. And it was fun to see that through to Isaac now where he has a very good concept of counting by fives and counting change. So we wanted to find out how much more can he do, so we were doing the dollar more strategy, which you take amounts and you add them up and you total, uh, you try to figure out how much money you would need to bring to the store to purchase that item. And then at the end there, by the time, I think this is where we kind of left off with this goal, is we wanted him to be able to make change. Is that right? I'm forgetting I think so, yeah. yeah. Because we all, as an IEP team, which includes you, Chris, Tayan, and all of the support staff at River Hills. Uh, know of Isaac's interest in high B, and see that as a possibility for employment for him in the future. And we wanted to shoot high and thought, what if someday he could work a register? Mm-hmm. He would have to be able, most people are obviously going to be swiping credit cards, but there's going to be one or two people who show up with uh, dollars and cents, and he needs to be able to count that money and count change back to those people. So that's how we took a skill Isaac was interested in a functional skill that he can take outside of river Hills and an interest of his and rolled it all up into one IEP goal.
0: Yeah. So that's, we knew you we were working on these goals for Isaac. And some of the things that I did and, and Tyen did was we made sure he had $1 bills in his wallet. Mm-hmm. Cause when we would go to the rec center, he would use the vending machine right. and we never helped him. He just, mm-hmm. I don't, some days I don't know what he bought, but he probably spent like five <laughs> Yeah, probably. items. You know, once people go to the rec center to work out, he goes and buys a water and maybe a Twix bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he does it all independently. Mm-hmm. And another example is anytime we go through a drive-thru to get coffee. Mm-hmm. I've been known to do that a couple of times right Yes, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm paying cash. I always we ask mean. Isaac to get out. And I'll just say, I need 60 cents Mm. or 70 cents. Mm. And he will, now I don't even have to tell him Mm. any more than that. He'll just get those coins out.
2: And that's the great thing about, we always stress that the parents are part of the IEP team. We bring you guys in. We write the goals and we try to come up with them as best we can with your guys' help. But when the learning can be reinforced at school and at home, it's so beneficial for the students at River Hills. Because one of the main goals of River Hills is to, help the students gain the highest level of independence that they possibly can by the time they graduate. So like I said earlier, that's why for me, when we're talking about math and me needing to teach math to my students, money just seems like the most pertinent skill to teach because we hope everyone holds a job in some way, shape or form Mm -hmm. and they need to know, do they have enough money? What can I do with this money? what do I do when I have uh, a bunch of bills that, yeah. Can I t- go to the vending machine and buy that and that? Probably not. I'll just buy that. That's the goal is the maximum amount of independence, which I, I would say for Isaac, I, I feel like we're doing well with, with the skills he has. I really feel like we're on a nice path to maximum independence, whatever that might look for him in right. a couple of years. Right.
0: And then that's always been our goal for, um, from a parent's perspective is,
2: I think for a lot of
0: parents, no matter what the skill is, is to, is to teach your kids to be independent, not only in their, for us, in their thinking process, but also the, the life skills. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at home, Noah doesn't get a chance to do some of these life yeah, skills.
1: because if he just takes up like laundry, that's, Isaac's pretty much monopolized that. <laughs> uh, Dishwashing and stuff like that. Dishwashing to heat. That's like, that's his domain. Mm-hmm. I can't cross that line. Otherwise, he gets really <laughs> mad at me. And yeah.
0: So we're going to have to teach now how to do laundry when he goes to college. Yeah, because he's never had the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's,
1: it's a nice problem to have. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah. When I can speak to that a bit, too, in our classroom, there's certain things that are just kind of Isaac's domain, uh-huh. things that he does in our room that are his job and he knows it. So one of the things I set out to do is just to throw him curveballs every now and then. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) this sounds sounds bad. Purposefully ask someone else to do one of his things Mm -hmm. when he's sitting right there. And he doesn't so much, but he turns very red in his face and he knows that, like, I have given his power to someone else. But... At River Hill School we can get away with it he won't he you know he he understands this is this is okay this will be fine tomorrow I will get to do this but I do understand Isaac's domains and his little things that he protects yep and I but I shouldn't say we do that all the time because I'm also all about honoring those types of things too mm-hmm. there's 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 a lot of things that Isaac since he's been in my classroom as a teacher for so long there's a lot of things that are just his things and I I don't, I don't mess with those. One of them is uh, we do like an opening activity every day where we talk about what date it is. We talk about, uh, we, we do some money practice. We talk about the weather, how to dress appropriately. We do some reading. Uh, but Isaac's job is to set up the table for opening. Okay. And that's, that's Isaac's territory. That's his zone. I let him do that. If he doesn't, I'll kind of shoot him a look pop right over, and he'll get, he'll get going on it. Another Isaac domain is calling the bus waves at the end of the day. He, uh, for those who don't know River Hills, is we, uh, kids come from all sorts of different districts, and they're bused in by those districts. The bus situation is a massive zoo, but the principal has it very organized to where there's four bus waves, and the students start to come up when it's their wave. And Isaac's job for the whole school is to call the bus wave using, he uses his speech device and he also vocally says it over the intercom. And that's his job every day to the point where Isaac was gone what, a couple days, weeks ago. Yeah, And uh, yeah. It, the buses almost, the, the waves almost weren't called. It was almost forgotten, forgotten because it was, it's just automatic. He, uh, he knows how to go up, dial the phone and really get an announcement for the whole building
0: and that's one of the things i really appreciate about river hills is like he gets the opportunity to do things like that so yep. that's that's really cool yeah all right now you wanna speaking of opportunities um, this is a perfect transition um
1: what are some of the things that you yourself have been able to experience because of the kids you've
2: worked with sure one of the the main things that i've gotten to do is is i've been more involved with special olympics than i ever have been in my life which has been A ton of fun. I've been able to act as a chaperone on trips to state events, which is an overnight in a hotel. Two nights. Yeah. Yeah, Two nights. I haven't gone the last couple years, which just kind of bummed me out. But yeah, we'll take a group of kids from River Hills to Dubuque for the winter state games. It's the Water Park Hotel in Dubuque. So obviously it's a blast for all of them. Mm -hmm. So that's that's been very rewarding to... We always kind of joke that it's like, when we were kids, we got to do sleepovers and things like that. But a lot of the students at River Hills don't get a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. So we let them kind of just do their thing and enjoy the water park and have a bag of chips at eight o'clock at night if that's what you want to do within reason, of course. But this is their opportunity to have those experiences that wouldn't necessarily be attainable in their day-to-day life. And along with that, I was telling... Chris on the way up here that I'm also the MANT instructor at River Hills and that's, uh, the course is designed to teach uh, staff how to build healthy relationships, um, a lot of behavior prevention strategies. So through that, I've actually got to meet a lot of people uh, who work in different settings and related to them, uh, just in instructing MANT and teaching MANT and picked up some nice tools and tips from them along the way so that's been a nice rewarding experience as well that an opportunity I never would have gotten were it not for River Hills. How's it uh, being a teacher at River Hills? How's it change you as a person? I think more than anything it, it, it prepares you to be open to anyone whatever their story may be. It makes you very It softens your heart to the world around you because you see that everyone... I I live by the philosophy that everyone is doing the best they can with the tools that they have. And at River Hills, it's very clear to see that, that the students there are trying to do the absolute best they can with the tools that they have. And the students at River Hills, some of them lack verbal skills but they're doing the best they can without that. They're still very social. They communicate in a way that, that I would have never thought to. And it's very rewarding to work with those people. And so if you take that philosophy and apply it to anyone you meet, uh, that they're doing the best they can with the skills that they have, it's it it, it it makes the world a much happier and warmer place. I think that River Hills really helps me see that. Look look for the... I mean, it's... It, Cheesy and cliché, but look for the best in other people. Yeah. And you, you're able to see it a lot quickly, especially when you see the way the students at River Hills interact with people. You'd think that they would be down and out and down on themselves, but they're not. They're, they're happy and they're, they're joyful, and when you put them in the right environment, they, they thrive. Right, mm-hmm. and it's 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 wonderful. It, it you know when you when you can see that happening on a daily basis, how can you not wake up in the morning and want to go and yeah. leave feeling great? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I always think that
0: you know everyone has bad days. Everyone has stress, mm-hmm. and you, you know I go come home from work, no matter what, what kind of day I have, and I you see Isaac, and he's so excited to to do whatever. was mm-hmm. a kid that doesn't have great verbal skills. Mm-hmm. He could be, like you said, he could be just down. Mm-hmm. He could be grumpy or whatever, but he's not. He doesn't know that. Yeah. Like, he only knows, like, as long as 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 long as he's got his schedule kind of under control yep. to keep the anxiety down, mm-hmm. then he's, like, the happiest person you, you could ever be.
2: Right, right. There's so many kids yeah. like that that are ever Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's what, it's what makes the building so special is the students there have found... A place that they can call home and a, a special place for them, and a lot of it's that specially designed instruction because we work extra hard to make the school work for them, and 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 you see it, you 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 see the fruit of it, and yeah. and the smiles on the faces.
0: Yeah, you know we we Noahs, you were integrated in the classroom, mm-hmm. since kindergarten, and you didn't. That was the best place for you. Yeah. And in kindergarten, we, we Isaac went to uh, elementary school here in town. And that wasn't the best place for him. Mm-hmm. It was, for him, it was very uh, stressful, and the, the people tried hard with the mm-hmm. skills they had. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have experience working with a kid like Isaac. Mm-hmm. And so the whole team decided that Isaac went to summer school at River Hills, mm-hmm. and at the end of that, everyone decided on, on the team that that would be a good place for Isaac. Right. And it's been great. And so you know we we hear a lot about inclusion but i think to me like the least restrictive environment for isaac is at river hills where he's had the best opportunity to succeed mm-hmm. is at river hills but for noah it's definitely not river hills it's his yeah what he's been doing in, in the classroom mm-hmm.
2: and i think you're 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 right to point that out it's inclusion is such a hot word right now in special education that the, the goal is to have everyone included as much as possible in this case, the opposite of inclusion is not exclusion. That's not yeah. at all what we're doing with Isaac. In a in a perfect world, we would like to see our students thrive and grow to the point where they can return yes. to their home school district and can grow there and return to a regular ed setting and can grow from there and be productive adults. But you're right, sometimes that's not what's best for that student. And that's not the least restrictive environment. And for Isaac, the way he thrives and the things that he is able to do at River Hills school, the opportunities he's given, he won't, he wouldn't get that elsewhere. So you have to ask yourself then with a student like Isaac, if, if the goal is inclusion, I think he's being included as best as he possibly can right now at River Hills. Yeah. Yeah, one, one one thing I remember is, uh,
0: in kindergarten, we didn't realize that the, the, all the problems they were having until it was probably you know late into the school year, mm-hmm. and then by then it was almost like too far gone. But they had actually had him go to another room with his associate by himself mm-hmm. to do whatever tasks, mm-hmm. and, and that's as exclusive as you can get,
2: right? And at River Hills, he's we we do our best to keep everyone in the classroom at all times yeah. with other learners with uh adults support staff coming in and saying hello we, we really try to make sure that all students are welcomed and 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 part of the group no do you have a question you'd like to
0: no not really there's some other ones on there what do you think um
1: what advice do you have for parents and teachers and administrators and
2: people like that sure this one i i prepared answers for this one <laughs> <laughs> the first one is uh presume competence. I think that if you carry that mentality in to a special ed setting, you will thrive and do much better. You have to assume that the students you're talking to understand what you're saying and understand what's going on and understand if you're talking to another person that they're hearing it and understanding that they're talking about you. Um, It's easy to assume like a student like Isaac who lacks verbal skills and appears to be disengaged, it's easy to assume that he's not listening, not engaged. But I, I I joke quite often about how well I think I know Isaac, but I would love to get in his head and find out how well he knows me. I, I don't think that he needs to be in the room for more than two and a half seconds to realize the kind of mood that I'm in mm-hmm. just because of how I'm sitting in my chair. And I might not even realize it. I would, I would dare to bet he knows me better than a lot of people in my life. So I presume that he knows me and I presume that he knows what I'm talking about and that he's listening to me. And even, even if he's not looking at me or he's looking at the ceiling, I presume that he's listening to me and he's understanding me. And even though, even if the output isn't what I expected, I presume that he's doing the best he can with what he has and he's understanding me. Yeah, one of, one of my,
0: uh, I guess it would be a pet peeve, is people who talk about their kid in front of the kid. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen it before, and I'm sure you have too. and I've uh, done it before.
2: It's, it feels <laughs> terrible when you realize, <laughs> like, oh, they heard me, and they yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and for Isaac, when I meet new people, like a new, uh, we have a new respite person just start, and I just, I always mm-hmm. tell the new people, like, he understands everything you say. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he may not be looking at you or whatever, but mm-hmm. he understands everything you say. And I know for some people with autism, they I've read that, in order for them to to listen, it's too much to make eye contact and listen mm-hmm. all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So even if they're not paying, looking at you in the eye, don't assume
2: that they're being rude. They're actually mm-hmm. are listening. Yep. One thing, one workaround for that that I use is if uh, a consultant's in my room and we, she wants to discuss Isaac's goal or something, mm-hmm. and he's in the room, I'll just make sure that I'm telling him, Isaac, we're talking about you, or Isaac, I'm talking mm-hmm. about your goal. I, 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 I don't want to just stand there and have a conversation about him without him knowing that that's what I'm talking about, right. and I. You know, he doesn't react to that statement. He doesn't react to saying, "I'm talking about right. you."
0: Whatever. Yeah, but
2: but I feel like it's fair for him to know, yeah. like, right now we're talking about you, and if if he has any input, whatever whatever form that may take, now's your time to jump in. I, th- I do have another piece of advice. Yeah, I wrote this. This is so one of the things that I've learned to stop doing is asking myself why questions. So like. If you're reflecting on your day and how things went, I've learned to stop asking, like, why is he not understanding this or why is he doing that? Because it's not a helpful thing and it assumes that I'm doing everything right and that person or that student is not doing it right and it's their job to change, not mine. I've had to start asking myself, like, what is he not understanding Is he not understanding the way that I'm saying it? Is he not understanding the way I'm presenting it? Would it be better if we talked about it over here? What can I change? What am I not understanding about the situation? And that has led to much less frustration, uh, much less head banging against the wall when I stop and ask myself what's going on instead of asking why is the other person doing this? And I think that's especially true of, of students at River Hills and students with autism. It's not fair for me to ask, why are they not responding to me? I need to ask myself, what am I doing to cause that? Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's been huge for me. That's been a big shift in my, in my thinking and my teaching and not uh, re- reflecting on myself and my teaching and my delivery of instruction as opposed to what the student is or isn't doing. Yeah.
0: I think that could apply more than just teaching. Yeah. <laughs> could apply in parenting yeah. or uh, life in general, life in general, like co I can see that. Like if I try to explain something and someone doesn't get it, maybe I did a bad job of mm-hmm. explaining it. So I have to explain it in maybe a different way. Yeah. I
2: just, the, the question, any question that starts with why, I feel like isn't a good question. It's better to say what, how, where, what can change. I feel like that's been a very helpful thing for me. Mm. And maybe that's not for everyone, but that, that's definitely changed my life.
0: Yeah. So that is just a curious question. Uh, if someone was thinking about being a teacher, mm-hmm. what advice would you give or things to do maybe if you're thinking about going into special
2: education? The number one thing I can say is Come and see. If you're thinking about becoming a teacher, and especially uh, a Strat 2 teacher, which is the type of endorsement you need to work at River Hills, there are paraprofessional openings at all times. I don't know if there are any right now off the top of my head, but there are plenty of opportunities to come into the building and see the work, whether that's volunteering Summer school, there's opportunities to come and be an educational assistant or paraprofessional. Come come and see. If you're interested in this line of work whatsoever, you, you, there are so many opportunities to come and see the work being done on a daily basis. And I know a lot of people who have worked summer school and then they come back and work the school year. A lot of people have – there's a lot of people like myself who started – as an educational assistant at River Hills and did the work to get their teaching degree. Lori did the same. Yeah. 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 So if, if if you're interested in any way, shape or form specifically in, in River Hills as a school or becoming a 2 teacher, come and see there's, there's, there's so many opportunities for you to see the work being done and you'll know within an hour of being there, if it's for you or if it's not. Yeah. Any other questions or
0: final thoughts? Nope. Okay. I think our answer is yeah. done. Anything else, Andrew, you want to
2: discuss? No, I, feel, I feel
0: good. Good. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, you bet. This is exciting. The insights into Andrew and I know Isaac loves going to school. He looks forward to it. But this last couple of years, I've noticed it, uh, in the summer, he's kind of not so happy as he used to be. <laughs> but I think it's partly because <laughs> the pool is closing. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to transition away from his night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loves his brothers. Yeah, house. he's 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 happier hanging out at home than he used to be. Yeah. So it used to be during the times where we didn't have school like
2: between June
0: and well, mm-hmm. June and then August. Yeah, yes.
2: Very stressful at yeah. home, but now it's well Noah is the done. answer to if we ask him a question about who he went with, it's dad or Noah. It's it's one of those two and we yeah. always have to like pry a little bit like I, I, 95% of the time Noah's it's dad. Like tonight after this,
1: around eight thirty, I'm sure to dad's and I are going to high V because it's a day. It's like a Tuesday thing. And what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that all week he's been like, "Noah, go to high V," and I'm like, "No, I have homework and stuff mm-hmm. to work on." But he won't take no for an answer. But he'll still go with just dad and he'll give me
2: crap for it for the next. Well, as
0: you ever find him answering the way he wants things to be?
2: That's a good. Yeah, there's some good stories there. One of my favorites is we had a new student start in our room. The first day was was loud, and it was a female student, and, and she just had a loud voice. And so I wrote in the book that this is what happened, and Tyann asked Isaac about the new student, and he responded that it was a quiet boy.
1: I have never before.
2: And I think that's when we first all started realizing, like, the answers we're getting are not the facts were getting Isaac's preference of what he would have said. And then it came up again later where you guys were going to Culver's, but you couldn't go for some reason. So the answer was Culver's Noah, Culver's Noah. I'm like, oh, that's so fun. You went to Culver's with Noah, and I think I wrote in the book, like, it's great that Isaac got to go to Culver's with Noah. (laughs) He didn't. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: there's a lot of that going on. Like anytime there's a change in the routine, I'm gonna be gone this Saturday, mm-hmm. so I, will, I won't be going to Culver's Saturday <laughs> night. So he'll be probably seeing Culver's dad. This Culver's, week. Yeah. yeah, yep. Or like the majority of the way how he
1: how we kind of interact with each other is that he just like wants me to do something, like he wants to have ice cream for dessert, or like he wants me to go to Ivy or he wants me to like play Wii with him or something like that, or something like that especially
0: you guys interact a lot around dinner time yeah because that's kind of when we're you guys have this thing where he takes noah's fork mm-hmm. you can i kind of no it's kind of like a
1: forced thing it, at this point I'm, I'm i'm annoyed by it but i kind of just accept it for what it is <laughs> so what is it he just takes my fork and like puts it back even though it's dirty and it drives me crazy well, he, he rinses it off he ri- yeah that does nothing
0: I know he rinses it off. He rinses it off and he then he puts, it, off, it, back and he puts it back
1: in the drawer, and it's an, it And he it says, "No fork." <laughs> and he's like, "No," and then he goes on for like ten minutes until I like, I I for it and I'm like, "Go get it!" And he's and he's just
2: in the other room laughing his butt off. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious once it's done. Yes. Do you do you know what? feel like you understand Isaac in ways other people don't? Probably, but you probably don't have a way to explain it. There's probably some yeah. sort of thing yeah. that. Yeah, because I've always I've always wondered that and always wanted to ask like if you two have some sort of connection that defies what we would think is a normal understanding. I mean, when we were younger, for sure. Mm-hmm. Nowadays,
1: I know how he works more than most people do. Sure, I know. I, like, me and Henry can understand him more than most other people's mm-hmm. people over his brothers. He doesn't use a speech device at home. Right, like, right. can <laughs> charge it up, or like just we like he has an app on his iPad. It's kind of like a speech device thing, but it's like the same 40 commands. There's like a recent list, and it's like 40 things, and he just spams the same thing over. And over again. <laughs> what does he tell you to wear? He, well, he wants me to wear jeans in the summer.
0: <laughs> so he's always
1: saying So he's always he saying that. And then in the winter, I have sensitive ears, so like if I get any cold wind in there, ear for weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Noah, hat off, or in this case, like on the way out today. Over here, I was wearing this jacket because I was cold. He was like, Noah, take your coat off. And that's, <laughs> that's the type of thing that
0: goes on. it's <laughs> like normal brothers to me. Yeah. He, just, he just badgers Noah to Noah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he, Noah, jeans, please. He'll say, Noah, jeans, please, yes.
2: <laughs> he yeah. Just <laughs> Preloads your response to the, yeah. the request. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to Isaac's jeans? There was a good stint there where Friday was jean day. Well, he'll probably get him back out. Again. Okay, that's, yeah. there's a yeah, yeah. I, I remember the first day he wore them. He walked in and like I couldn't quite figure out what it was, but my alarms went off like something's different here. And then shortly thereafter, I got an email from Tyann that he was wearing jeans for the first time today. Like there it is. <laughs> yep. He just walked different. He looked. He was like standing taller. Like you could tell he was proud of himself. And you know, just, so then we always joked with him that Friday was Jean Day. And, He'd straighten out on Fridays with his jeans yeah. on. Yes. Awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. And like when he said, Hi, me and stuff, he's like the happiest guy on the planet. I'm sure it's great.
0: Yeah, he, he stopped begging groceries. He did that for a while. Like over <laughs> In the winter, he would beg groceries mm-hmm. a lot. And one of the cashiers, in particular, Dorothy, she would say, guys, oh, come over and beg groceries. Mm-hmm. And she actually said that. Uh, she thinks that someday he could be a cashier. Oh, I think so. For so sure. for you to hear you say that, I'm like, yeah. okay, because I always thought. Him begging or stocking mm-hmm. would be a, a good, but I've never thought about him doing um, cashiering, but mm-hmm. no. he knows how to do it.
2: That's, it's within his reach for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about River Hills is knowing that about him, we want to set him up for that yeah. and prop him up for that and, and, and push him in that direction. And that it, it excites me, like, when, when I think of goals like that for students or when we collaborate and think of goals like that, nothing nothing gets me more excited yeah. than knowing that we're going to take an educational principle of math and present it to Isaac in a way that's exciting for him and in a way that he can use once he leaves the school. Nothing, nothing gets me more excited than that, knowing that.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that the goals are set up. And we work with you on getting, setting the goals mm-hmm. too, but right. usually you guys come up with the ideas mm-hmm. with input from us, and then uh, I'm ex- I always get excited about how he we, we can use these learnings in in the real world. Mm-hmm. In the wild, in the wild, uh, exactly. Uh, and and Al is kind of a stickler for the reading and writing mm-hmm. kind of thing too, but I I really enjoy like the mm-hmm. the goals that you guys come up with. It's yeah. fun. It's fun work. Yeah. yeah. One thing I've also noticed
1: about Isaac that I don't know if he's, he's wicked smart when he wants to be. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. I, mean, I was talking to my mom about this and she, and she was like, you know, if you wanted to, you can just get in the car and drive away. I believe it. He said the only reason why he probably wouldn't be able to drive is because of the human aspect of
2: how <laughs> other people act on the road. Yeah. Here's another, here's another good Isaac story relating to that. When we went to Dubuque, this was one of the first times I went there's one elevator, there's two elevators. Mm-hmm. And when all the athletes and staff are arriving, needless to say, it's, it's a madhouse. So we get a group of River Hill students to the elevators. The door opens, and I stand like a hero in the door, and I'm holding the door back, or so I think, and I say, everyone on. And I think I've done such a great thing. And then I look, and there's Isaac. Well, I I got on and the doors weren't closing and I thought, this is what's going on here. I look and there's Isaac holding the door open button. I had no idea that that's how that works, but his love for elevators uh, became quite apparent that day. And so I thought I was being this heroic uh, chaperone. Come on, everybody, let's go. And there stands Isaac (laughs) invalidating the thing that I thought I was working so hard on. And, like, it comes in
1: phases, too. Like, when he was, like, seven or eight or something like that, he was really into those, and that kind of stopped for a while. And then, like, a year or two ago, we got back into that. So it was like, <laughs> yeah. ah, this is deja vu. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I, I think, think that's lost. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Andrew, for joining yeah, us. Thank you for having me.
0: As usual, you can find more information about our podcast on our website, autisminthewild.com. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at autisminthewild. We appreciate you sharing this podcast with others. Uh, I think the more we can get this out to people, what we're just trying to do here is educate and uh, about autism and, and some of the challenges and opportunities there. So appreciate anything you can do to share this with others. And as always, thanks for listening.